0: How are you doing, everybody? The Chet
1: Podcast Network. Welcome to SportsCoard, a podcast where a Chicago sports broadcasting pioneer
0: and a national legal expert get into the legal goings of sports. And now your hosts, Chet Kalvik and Lester Munson. Sports court time again. How are you doing, everybody? I'm Chad Coppick right here in Chicago, joined by ESPN legal analyst Lester Munson. Of course, we're uh, brought your way by the marvelous people in American Taxi. Remember, if you're out in the suburbs, or American Taxi is your premier suburban taxi service, if you imbibe, hey, if you get a little bit carried away, make it a point to have American Taxi serve as your designated driver. Uh, Lester, we only have 15 minutes and we need about four hours. <laughs> To talk about the life and times of uh, Ben Roethlisberger, beginning with uh, three letters which become very unique to the story DTF.
1: DTF. As they say on the radio, Delta Tango Foxtrot. This is what the badge that the sorority girls were wearing as they went from tavern to tavern to tavern on the night uh, that began on March 4th. Uh, it was a clear signal to those who understand the language that these girls were ready for an evening of fun and frolic. The Mm. police were able to translate this. I'm not sure we can say this over our podcast. Uh,
0: Down to fornicate, only take it one notch lower.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now we know. And down means double ready in this case. So that's what the girls were doing. They were trying to have a good time. They thought this was cute and very funny. The police became incensed over this, among other things, and... As the evening wore on, the the dialogue between Roethlisberger and his two bodyguards and one of his deputy agents and these girls was, these girls are teasing and, no, they're not, blah, 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 on and on it goes, and they're drinking Patron shots for three hours, and then we have the police come, and now we have a bad situation.
0: So please don't tell me we are dealing with one of those situations where no means no, where we have the aspect of being... (laughs) Politically correct in recognizing uh, uh, the appropriate rights of a female to be treated with great respect, even when she's wearing a badge that says, double ready to fornicate.
1: Yes. Well, there, there, there is that problem. And at a certain point, according, we, we now have all of this girl's statements. I've gone through them, gone through them. It, it is clear that at a certain point she told Roethlisberger, no, we're not going to do this. By that time, they were back in an employees-only hallway, dark, in this tavern. She tried to escape. She opened a door to try to run away and walked right into a tiny bathroom. Roethlisberger, she says, came in after her, closed the door, and that's when uh, he attacked her. So her story Something bad happened to her. There's no question about that. I don't think there's any question that she said no. But given her level of intoxication, given DTF, given all of the circumstances, you can see why the prosecutor said the jury is going to look at this girl and think she was indulging in risky behavior. Mm -hmm. She was contributing to the episode. And so, therefore, even though legally... Rothsberger may be responsible. In the world of reality, the jury was not going to convict him.
0: Is she really any different than Desiree Washington accepting the invitation of Mike Tyson to go out in the middle of the night and carrying a camera, carrying a camera, and then accepting the invitation of Tyson to go up to his bedroom at the Canterbury Hotel in Indianapolis?
1: The, the differences there are that instead of DTF uh, on her swimsuit, Desiree Washington was wearing a Bible verse. That was what first attracted the attention of Mike Tyson. That's how perverse he was and for all I know is. So that uh, and Desiree Washington considerably younger, first time away from home, um, I think a kind of a different situation and Tyson uh as as much of a clown as we think he now is, back then he was really somebody, and he did have a kind of a little boy bit of persuasion about him. So oh, remember the uh, remember the, the
0: hysterical room. bit. Uh, who was it? A pastor or some uh, member of the legal community in New York uh, once referred to. Uh, Mike Tyson is a serial buttocks fondler.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was the guy. The
0: funniest one I've ever heard. That was the
1: guy who ran the Miss Black America pageant. He was from Philadelphia. (laughs) He staged the pageant in Indianapolis every year as part of Indiana Black Expo. And he—that's how he described Mike Tyson. He sued him over that for fondling his girls during their uh, rehearsal. That's when he first met Desiree Washington.
0: You know, knowing what you know about uh, Roethlisberger, and you've been on this guy's uh, story, you've been on this thing uh, like a blanket now for about, my gosh, two months. Are you surprised that Roethlisberger hasn't, in fact, found greater trouble than uh, has already uh, found its way to uh, Ben Roethlisberger?
1: (laughs) I I am a little surprised. Uh, When you go through, there's 500 pages of these police reports. I've seen a lot of them. As you look at those police reports, there's already another woman who is making a complaint about him. I suspect there are a couple more out there. And from what the NFL reporters, my colleagues at ESPN, uh, have been telling me as we've been working on this together, this guy has been on the edge of this kind of trouble for quite a while. So it is not a big surprise to anybody who has followed him to see him in this level of trouble. The question now is, what is the NFL going to do with this guy? What are the Steelers going to do with this guy?
0: All right, uh, the Steelers, historically, a very conservative franchise run by a very, very religious Catholic family, the Rooney's. Hey, old man, Art may have been a bookie. But he went to Mass every morning. Then he collected (laughs) from his parishioners. In the parking
1: lot right after.
0: (laughs) But uh, I will say this, much, Lester, if you're the president of CBS Sports, aren't you on the phone right now to Roger Goodell saying, Hey, listen, we know this guy is an SOB. We know he's a bad act. But on Sundays, in the second half of a doubleheader, he's television ratings. He's a white quarterback. So... Make this a four-week maximum.
1: That has to be a factor in what is going on with the commissioner right now. He's got a lot of those factors to consider. Number one, uh, Roethlisberger is pure money on television ratings. Mm-hmm. There's no question about it. All of us here would, in a minute, watch this guy play whatever team the Steelers have uh, on the card for that day. Then you've got the problem that white players have typically been received special treatment from Uh, and what is Goodell going to do about that and quarterbacks get special treatment so now you have a white quarterback who is pure money on television who needs to be disciplined Goodell's got a real dilemma a very complicated dilemma on his hands
0: but when you get right down to it uh, how severe is the Goodell dilemma when you consider you're dealing with uh, franchises worth over a billion dollars and whether you have Ben Roethlisberger or Woody Allen a quarterback people are going (laughs) to buy tickets to watch the Pittsburgh Steelers
1: they are going to watch the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And Goodell has taken a very strong stand that he wants a higher level of behavior from these guys. The Roonies seem to support him on that. Look what they did with Santonio Holmes. Without any investigation of anything, they dump him for a fifth-round draft pick after the a 911 call. Uh, so that I, chances are, that, well, I think there is going to be a suspension here. Will it be four games? Will it be eight games? Uh, there are people now who are demanding that he be suspended for an entire year. I am not sure that's going to happen, but there is going to be a suspension here.
0: Well, for example, if you were to uh, consider a suspension of Ben Roethlisberger for one year, wouldn't people jump up and down? Wouldn't the NFLPA, for example, say, "Look at Olin Crutes decking a teammate while they were at uh, a shooting range." and you let Krutz off with a wrist slap.
1: Exactly. The, the The NFLPA would come to the side of Roethlisberger instantly, no matter what the suspension is. Whether it's for two games or for a year, they will file a grievance on the suspension. Goodell has to know that. And if you're a labor union and you do not take the side of your member, of your constituent in this situation, you're not doing your job. And they need the NFLPA, if it's going to represent football players. players, needs to have Goodell thinking every time there's one of these cases I know they're going to file a grievance. They have to file. They will represent him no matter how disgusted they may be with his behavior.
0: Do you quietly feel right now as I do that uh, Goodell has probably already made his decision?
1: I think he probably has. We're probably going to hear about it in a matter of a couple of days. They were waiting for these lengthy detailed police reports and then last week when the police put those out into public somewhat unexpectedly, that allowed the NFL to move faster. So he may make a decision before the draft, right after the draft. You know they're going to manage it in their usual PR way. They're the best PR people in sports, and Mm -hmm. they will figure out a way to announce this uh to their advantage.
0: Uh um, my friend, you are very much a baseball man. Uh that being said, uh, you live and die, cubby blue. I want to take you over to thirty uh, fifth street for a moment. You are Jerry Reinsdorf. Right now, as we speak, the Chicago White Sox are playing lousy baseball. Uh it's a four and nine ball club. You watched your general manager acquiesce to Ozzie Guillen's D H by committee. Uh the ball club is not hitting the ball club is not going to draw that well during the month of April. Any concept, any notion that this ball club will draw anywhere near 3 million fans is beyond ludicrous. If the White Sox were to conclude the month of April in sorry shape, as bad off as they are as we speak right now, in the middle of the month, would you strongly consider a request by Kenny Williams to dump Ozzy again?
1: If I were Jerry Reinsdorf, uh, under those circumstances, yes, I would be forced to consider that. Guillen has had his moments as manager. Nobody can ever take 2005 away from him. But right now, things are not looking good. I thought that team would be doing a lot better than it is. Uh I thought Rios would come back. I thought Quentin would come back. Um, They've had spurts, but right now there's a lot going wrong with that team. The DH idea is not working, Um, although Andrew Jones hits a little bit for them. But I I think at some point, if they are committed to doing something this year, they may have to make a change a lot sooner than anybody expected.
0: You know, Lester, the thing about it is this. uh, Also, from the perspective of rival baseball teams who come into uh, Chicago and they're looking for their percentage of the box office, it's not very intriguing right now when you are looking at the house count.
1: Now, the the White Sox have to win to draw. The Cubs do not have to win to draw, but the White Sox have always needed wins to draw people. And if this continues, they will be down in the eighteen to twenty-two thousand range for each game. You know, as May begins.
0: Hey, take me back to the NFL from uh, this perspective. You mentioned that uh, Dell would like a higher standard of conduct with the, uh, the rank and file. How is he going to uh, derive that with colleges that are still pampering athletes from the moment they walk on campus?
1: Th- that really is his biggest challenge. When he has to explain and persuade young men when they come into the National Football League that they will not be permitted to get away with stuff that they got away with at Michigan State or wherever.
0: Good old Michigan State. I just thought I'd mention that, (laughs) yeah.
1: Um, They will have to uh, improve their standard of conduct. How is he going to do that? He's going to have to make examples of people like he did with Michael Vick, um, like he did... With Pac-Man Jones, and, not, and and like he probably is going to do with Ben Roethlisberger. That's a very tough case for him to make, because as you explained, Chad, these guys have been pampered. If they get in trouble, people take care of it, and now he's going to come down on them. This is going to be a revelation to some people. But,
0: I mean, conversely, if, uh, if Goodell was to come down with a two-week suspension for Ben Roethlisberger, Lester, every woman's group in both hemispheres would scream bloody murder. They should. Goodell's... Goodell's reputation and his legacy, at least in part, is going to be determined by what he does with Ben Roethlisberger.
1: I think it will be. There, there have been twelve suspensions under this new policy that he put in. This is the biggest case he's had by far. Vic was a big case, but this is even bigger because of two Super Bowls. Because he's white, this—I don't mean it's bigger in terms of suspension, but this is more important in terms of the message it's going to send.
0: All right. Commissioner Lester Munson, you have to make the call right now. You know everything there is to know about Ben Roethlisberger. Obviously, he's a kid who's a a full-blown train wreck waiting to happen. One of these days, I won't be surprised if he winds up in a jumpsuit. But, I mean, that being said, make the call right now that you think is fair and just under no political pressure from CBS, women's groups, the NFLPA, whatever, in your heart of hearts, what is the appropriate penalty for Ben Roethlisberger?
1: If I'm Roger Goodell, I look it all over. I read those police reports. I read them with considerable disgust at his behavior. And I think I would reach the conclusion rather quickly that he is going to be suspended for eight games or one half of the coming season. And I think that would be, if I made that decision, I would think I'm being generous to Ben Roethlisberger, and the only reason I wouldn't make it more is there's not enough background of previous cases to rely upon.
0: You know, Lester, if uh, Goodell was to make that call, eight weeks, half the deck, that would send a shockwave, send a tremor of fear through every football player in the NFL.
1: I think it would, and and Goodell, if you listen to what he says, and he means what he says, that's what he's trying to do, and here's he, he's got the best chance to do it that he's ever had, and we'll we'll just see what he does.
0: Is Roethlisberger just a punk?
1: There's considerable evidence that uh, his behavior is far below the standard you would expect, and he may have been lucky that he hasn't been in more trouble so far. The, the veteran NFL reporters that I work at uh, ESPN, none of them are surprised that he's in trouble. Their surprise is he hasn't been in more trouble earlier in his career. He's been in the league six years. They thought there would probably be more of this by now.
0: Uh, once again, he is Lester Munson, ESPN legal analyst, very simply the best in the business. I'm Chad Kapick. Once again, we thank you for joining us right here on Court, brought to you by the marvelous people at American Taxi. Chicago's premier suburban taxi service. Let American Taxi be your designated driver. Take good care. We'll talk to you in seven days. So long, everybody.